my goodness, we have so much to celebrate today. The first thing is I had to arm wrestle John Prados to say, no, you don't get to say it first, I get to say it first, right now. Welcome to St. John 23rd Parish. Just in case you haven't heard. Today is maybe going to be called in history the day of four popes. Pope Francis asked Pope Emeritus Benedict to be there to celebrate the Mass when Pope John XXIII and Pope John Paul II were canonized. Earlier this morning in Rome, we made sure it was official. We had four people from the parish there just to make sure they did it right. Today is also Divine Mercy Sunday. This is a devotion of St. Faustina that was promoted very heavily by Pope John Paul II. It has inspired millions upon millions of Catholics, and I'm guessing most of you in the room do not know the Chapel of Divine Mercy, but there are a bunch of experts in the room. Almost every undergraduate student that's involved at CSA knows this prayer through and through and loves it. So ask one of them to teach you how. Also, it's the second Sunday of Easter. Easter is so important, we celebrate it for 50 days with the first eight days being treated as if it were still Easter Sunday. So when I say today in the prayers, it's not that I'm goofing up. That's actually what I'm supposed to say. The readings are chosen for the next seven weeks to instruct the new Catholics, the neophytes, about their faith. And this first lesson is about doubt. Let's be clear, Thomas the Apostle is not unique in doubting. The Gospel of John is filled with the people closest to Jesus not believing that Jesus has risen from the dead. Mary Magdalene, Peter, the beloved disciple, all the other apostles, none of them believe it till they see it for themselves. Thomas is unique in making the most profound statement once he believes, my Lord and my God. It is okay for us to doubt from time to time. Our Lord and our God has showered us with his divine mercy. Human beings have a very weird relationship with time. There are some people who say it's very hard to have faith in the events of Christianity that happened 2,000 years ago. For them, they say it would be easier for them if they had lived at the same time as Jesus. But the Gospel of John makes very clear it was really hard for the disciples who knew Jesus to come to believe that he had risen. Jesus reassures us by declaring how blessed we are to believe when we have not seen. Faith is an issue in the here and the now. But we take the opposite approach when we talk about history. For example, in my high school American history class, we talked about, for about a month, about railroads and the robber barons of the late 19th century, but we barely discussed World War II. Yes, you undergraduates, okay, I'm older than you, but not that much older. It was still a long time ago. Ms. Juca insisted that historians needed more time to sift through the data to examine the, the main consequences of World War II in a way that would be appropriate to explain to high school students. This weekend is unprecedented in the history of the church. As I mentioned at the beginning of Mass, people are calling today the Day of Four Popes. But some people are asking, is it too soon to canonize 
John the 23rd and John Paul II? Or is it overdue? John Paul II died nine years ago. John the 23rd, 51 years ago. And I would argue it depends on our understanding of what saints are. Are saints figures of history or are they companions in faith? We live in the hope that we will all be saints, saints with a lowercase s, people who will have eternal life in the presence of God. But the church has named about 2,000 people as canonized saints, saints with a capital S. These saints, to be clear, it does not mean that we say that they were perfect. It's a lot harder for the guys today than it was. You know, nobody is around to tell us if St. Francis of Assisi was grumpy in the morning. They just didn't record stuff like that back then. And we have a perfect example of someone not being perfect today, St. Thomas, the apostle. But we do believe that saints lived lives of virtue. And the people that we canonize as saints, we declare, are people who have inspired other people to grow closer in relationship with God. And by that definition, John the 23rd and John Paul II both make the grade. Each has inspired millions of people to grow in relationship with God. I think it's clear. Saints are much more companions in faith than they are figures in history. But, as I said, John Twenty-Third and John Paul II lived in modern history, so we know a lot more about them than the saints of previous centuries. But in this first draft of history, each of them are considered to be among the most influential popes of all times. Here, today, at one of the first parishes in the world named for John Twenty-Third. It is fitting for us to focus mostly on the man who has been called Good Pope John. Why is he being named a saint? Well, it's not just because of what he did on January 25, 1959. Less than four months as a pope, when he declared it was time for an ecumenical council of the universal church. This was the first time in the history of the world that an ecumenical council was held at a time when there was not a theological crisis threatening to tear the church apart. No, to consider why John XXIII is a saint, we must consider all his life experiences, all his faith experiences, both before and after that fateful day. How the Holy Spirit led him to call the council. How the Holy Spirit prompted him to lead the council. He was born to a large, poor farming family in northern Italy. And those humble beginnings gave him the ability to understand the concerns, the spirituality, the humor, and the values of common people. He spent 10 years, um, including most of World War II, as the apostolic delegate to Turkey and Greece. This brought him into contact with many Jews, Muslims, and Orthodox Christians, which prepared him to be perhaps the most influential person of the 20th century in ecumenical and interfaith relationships. As Pope, he invited the church to let go of that rather militant posture it had taken up after the French Revolution. 
he called for the church to defend the faith in a more gentle, pastoral way. He coaxed the church to engage with the world, to read what he called, quote, the signs of the times. He was a chief negotiator during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Without John XXIII's vision, it is hard to imagine John Paul II's extraordinary achievements, his among them being energizing the youth of the world, stating the theology of sexuality in a more positive way, contributing to the downfall of communism, and the amazing ability to command the entire world's attention. John XXIII was diagnosed with stomach cancer less than three weeks before Vatican II began, but he chose to forego treatment so that he could lead the first session of the council. His opening remarks on that first day continue to set the agenda for the universal church. I don't think there's a seminarian in the world who is not asked to read and pray with those opening statements, that opening statement. And some of the quotes around the room that students have put together are from that speech of his. And the church will continue to honor what he did on October 11th by not celebrating his feast day on the day he was born or the day he died, but on the day he gave that speech. John XXIII promoted diversity within the church, and he blessed the church by embracing diversity outside of the church. Let us honor the legacy of John XXIII, both the saint and the parish in East Tennessee named for him, by renewing our commitment that all are truly welcome here. Let us welcome Catholics of all stripes. Let us welcome Christians of all denominations. Let us welcome believers of all faiths. Let us welcome victims of abuse and alienation. Let us welcome seekers who have no faith community. And most of all, let us continue to do all things in the model of St. John the 23rd with humility, humor, and warmth. Until that day, when we stand with John the 23rd and John Paul II, saints among the saints in the halls of heaven.